0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, Andy here. I know you're used to usually hearing James on these intros, but he is currently indisposed with some uh, personal commitments, so you're stuck with me today. Yeah, sorry for you, but listen, we're going to have a good time. Uh, There's a few topics we're going to cover today on the podcast, uh, especially with the impending NHL season, some narratives going into the training camp for the Rangers, and just what does the season hold for both the Rangers and the NHL uh, in general. So, yeah, let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Before we do start, though, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank all of you listening. You know, we've received some excellent feedback in the last month since moving uh, to YouTube and, and putting up uh, live, live streaming our recordings of the podcast. And, yeah, we just received some really nice and encouraging words. And I just can't uh, thank everyone enough for that. We couldn't do this without your support and and getting to have conversations and interact with you makes this all the more enjoyable for James and I. And yeah, we just, like I said, I can't thank you guys enough. And listen, if there's ever anything you want covered on the podcast, uh, just hit us up. You can tweet at us on Twitter. You can send us a direct message on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, you can go to our, leave a comment on our YouTube page. Uh, just search Broadway Boys Podcast on YouTube and... Yeah, uh, we would be more than happy to cover any of your questions or topics that you have ideas for, and we'll be sure to give you a shout out if uh, we use your question on the show. So, yeah, I don't know how much of an incentive that is, but like I said, the one of the, the best parts of this podcast for James and I is getting to interact with the listeners, and your support means the world to us. So, thank you so much, uh, and we look forward to continuing to put out content that you guys can enjoy because we all love the New York Rangers and we all love listening to hockey talk well I I hope you do because if you're doing this as I don't know maybe they're using this as some form of torture in a dungeon somewhere uh, which yeah wouldn't surprise me. All right, so let's get into it. I've seen a lot of the same questions and topics floating around uh, Rangers Twitter and hockey Twitter. And I thought today would be a perfect day uh, as I'm flying solo to address some of these questions and topics and maybe just provide my take on them, hopefully provide at least a, a little background or context for people that didn't have the full picture. And yeah, and you can do with that what you will, uh, especially if you disagree, please, like I said, uh, a few seconds ago, let us know because we absolutely love disagreement. It it uh, helps make this uh, thing called hockey fandom colorful and yeah, it's great when people have varying opinions, you know, because I could definitely be wrong and it would be great to just have, uh, yeah, another, you know, varying opinion. So on our last podcast, we spoke about the World Junior Championships and, uh, you know, when doing a podcast and trying to record something in as timely a fashion as possible, you know that the second you finish recording, something's going to change. Well, we've recorded our World Junior podcast. We talk about expectations for <laughs> the, the Rangers prospects that are playing in that tournament. We talk about uh, Carl Henriksen potentially getting a chance to shine if he was paired with Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz. Uh, we talk about a guy like Hunter Skinner, unfortunately not making the tournament. Well, uh, Carl Henriksen tests positive for COVID and is no longer able to compete in for Team Sweden in the tournament. I believe their coach just uh, also tested positive. So, uh, yeah, it's a real problem for Team Sweden. And as far as Hunter Skinner goes, he actually, after a few U.S. prospects also test positive and have to pull from the tournament, uh, Hunter Skinner gets an invite for Team USA. So it just goes to show trying to do something timely, uh, especially during a pandemic, uh, you're always playing catch-up with how quickly things are changing and uh, how because we all have to roll with the punches right now. But listen, you know, you wish a speedy recovery for anyone who has uh, tested positive for COVID-19. But now it looks like, especially with Team USA, this gives other guys uh, a chance to step up. Maybe Brett Burrard, it's not such a long shot to make that final roster. And now Hunter Skinner has a chance. He's got his foot in the door. With COVID in mind, another thing is we've seen some progress with the start of the upcoming NHL season. Uh, We've spoken to how January 1st is, is gone. That was their hope, but obviously that wasn't able to materialize in time. We've heard from people like Brian Burke saying that the players refuse to give up their holidays. They want to be with their loved ones. And if you play in Canada, but you are a U.S. citizen, that would mean having to leave early in order to meet the quarantine requirement, uh, means missing out on the holidays with your loved one, and yeah, that was understandably a no go for them. So the the league and the players have agreed to temporarily uh, shelve the talks of raising escrow caps and uh, players paying back the owners and how much they're going to owe in due time, and you know interest rates on on those payments, and yeah, that's all getting deferred for now uh, both sides are in the coming week are going to focus solely on safety protocol for return to play including uh, division alignment training camps exhibitions uh, number of games etc etc a few insiders including ESPN's Emily Kaplan have already reported that uh, the goal for the league is a January 13th start date training camps opening two weeks prior to that No exhibition games uh, and just trying to 56 games, I believe, is the goal. But obviously, this is all a tenuous and nebulous situation because COVID has uh, just as we spoke about earlier, you just can't there's no way to really prepare for it. You can do your best, but you're. The, rea- you know, the reality is you will be hit with curveballs and you're going to have to remain flexible and adaptable. And I think uh, Gary Bettman has said it as much over the summer uh, when talking about completing the playoffs last time. I think they don't wish to do bubbles as much as they wish to try to do hub cities. Uh, you'd have to imagine this would include teams traveling to cities and then playing a series of games against the same opponent just to limit travel and try to limit exposure and... Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, as of right now, at first, one of the big reasons there was a stalemate is that owners thought they could at least get limited capacity to start the season in some places. That's clearly not going to happen. But as we spoke on uh, not our last podcast, but the podcast before this, th- this year is important. Uh, the league needs to burn this year off of the final year of their contract with NBC uh, so they can renegotiate with both NBC and uh, some other major players, potentially ESPN. Uh, Yeah, because if this season doesn't go off with a hitch, then that, you know, they will have to burn that off next year. And then I believe that's the same uh, season that the rights to the NFL TV deal is up as well. And you you obviously don't want to try to get a piece of the pie with them across the table. So yeah, it's in their best interest to Just complete the season in whatever form it takes, as safely as possible, and stress as much personal responsibility to the players, uh, coaching, training staffs, and league officials as possible. The biggest question is how the league and the NHLPA intend on pulling this off, uh, given the worsening situation with the pandemic. The hope, I believe, is to initially play in uh, teams' home buildings, but as I had mentioned, between rapidly escalating cases in some areas uh, and just local, provincial and government, uh, local government restrictions in some states. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Uh, As a fallback, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN has reported that the league has some options for, which would be hub cities, Uh, they would be, which would be... uh, Determined based on you know teams that met a certain number of criteria, which would be they're the only tenant in their building arena in which they play. So they wouldn't have to share uh, with, like let's say, an NBA team or indoor whatever is going on. Uh, would have a- access to multiple ice sheets so teams could practice. Uh, games would be going on throughout the day. So it would be important to be able to rotate between practice time, morning skate time, and uh, off teams practicing throughout the day would have little in the way of uh, local COVID restrictions and then obviously enough uh, hotel housing for teams and staffs. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I believe if, if that's to be the case, then that January 13th would look less likely. This was something that would take more time to arrange, especially to get the players to agree to it uh, because it would require them to be away from their families for a bit just and because of the sacrifice a lot of them made to go into finish the season i i'm not sure really they would want to do that again so i do believe they are looking to start in home buildings as possible uh there are currently covid restrictions in place for the west coast teams or the california teams i should be more specific uh the ducks the la kings the san jose sharks I believe the Winnipeg Jets so those teams might have to start their seasons playing or sharing a building with another team due to uh, COVID restrictions in their own uh, localities. The league and the NHLPA clearly has this work cut out for them uh, I don't know how they're going to make it work but you can definitely feel there is an internal drive by both sides to get the season done we'll see what happens but uh, January 13th still remains the new intended target and it seems a lot more likely than uh, obviously that January 1st date was uh, and there's a lot more positivity towards it going on. But yeah, this is an ever changing and nebulous situation. Like I said, uh, every day we're finding out new uh, information about the spread of COVID and yeah, teams in the league are going to have to be vigilant and they're going to have to have plans A, B and C and they're all going to have to be as, airtight as possible and like i said they're gonna have to preach a lot of personal responsibility for the players and the staffs and their families and uh, yeah, a lot of it's gonna be making good decisions and finding out how to isolate when this stuff does happen because like i said you're gonna see a lot of guys uh get pulled off inexplicably due to testing positive and then yeah teams are gonna have to make do and when you only are playing a 56 at the maximum season if you one all takes is one bad stretch or lose a guy for a at a key and crucial time, and you know, if it's your goaltender and and your backup and is has to fill in all that time for two you know two week stretch, especially they're going to try to shoehorn a lot of these games in. It could be, uh, yeah, it could be quite uh, devastating to your hopes for the season. So, uh, yeah, we're, I assume between attack, but to say I guess the same coin, you'll have extended taxi squads because we don't even know if the AHL, which is project, projected to start up February first. Yeah, that could be in jeopardy as well. Uh, so, you know, if you have expanded rosters, who knows? Maybe this is a time for some uh, lower-end talent to maybe try to get their foot in the door or make an impression or a mark. So we'll see. Uh, I guess that's kind of like everything with uh, this pandemic. This, we'll, we'll see what happens and just keep our fingers crossed. All right. So let's get into some Rangers-related topics. Naturally, a lot of people's sights have been set on Rangers training camp. Who the invites are going to be, who are competing for the spots, and who will probably ultimately win those spots. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's difficult to predict. You have to imagine, especially their forward core for the most part is pretty locked up. You can maybe argue there's potential flexibility in the bottom six, but that top nine in, you know, maybe outside of, you know, one winger spot on the third line is is up for grabs you you know you have to imagine some as it stands today some combination of uh Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Pavel Buchnevich, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, Capo Caco, and now you add Lafreniere and Heedle uh to that mix you know are locked into the top 9 and then so i guess your question is who slots in alongside a if 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 uh, Lafreniere does start that's a big if, if Lafayette does start on the third line with Hedl as most have projected him to, who uh, slots on the opposite wing? Would it be Julian Gauthier? Uh, Would it be Brendan Lemieux? Does Brett Howden uh, permanently stay on the wing and leaves fourth or third line center duties up to uh, Morgan Barron if he can make it out of camp Uh, or Patrick Kodorenko. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, eight of those top nine Spots are pretty much locked up. I guess it just becomes a question of who is in Quinn's good graces at any given moment. Uh, who are the surprises out of camp? Uh, you know, Phil Giuseppe, Lemieux, Howden, uh, potentially Heedle maybe at times, although I, I wouldn't want that. Uh, yeah, these all these guys will be kind of shuffling on the fourth line at various times, I assume. Uh and that's not even counting uh, Kevin Rooney, who the Rangers signed to be a, you know, a fourth line uh, defensively responsible penalty killer. But the defense is really the thing that has been on most uh, prognosticators and Rangers fans' minds. Obviously, they Mark Stahl gets uh, shipped off to Detroit, but the Rangers then tur- go right around and, and sign Jack Johnson uh, as a, I don't know, I guess a, a veteran presence to compete for a spot and I guess the question is will he will he be playing will he factor into that left side for the Rangers this season and uh, I'm sure he's going to get some games I don't know if it's necessarily a given that that spot is his but unfortunately for the Rangers uh, they are as solid as they are on the right side they're definitely weaker on that side you know because between Lindegren I guess yeah I guess now Jack Johnson uh, and Brendan Smith Although Smith did equate himself pretty nicely after Brady uh, got traded to Carolina last season. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's Smith has been up and down his tenure with the Rangers. Uh, but, yeah, I guess there's some hope that he can at least hold down one of those spots. But, yeah, listen, between uh Reunan and who the Rangers are definitely very high on and I think is a strong bet to at least win some time on that side out of camp. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller, who maybe is raw and won't be as ready as you would hope. At the same time, I think with the pandemic and everything that's going on in the AHL and not wanting to stall his development, I could honestly see them wanting to keep him with the big club just to make sure they can guarantee he's getting reps because uh, no one really knows what the volatility of the NHL is going to be, much less the AHL in terms of keeping their players safe and shutdowns. And yeah, this is a crucial time for him. He needs to be playing. And I think in their minds, if they would almost maybe rather him a little bit over his head, as opposed to playing in a league where uh, he might be more susceptible to uh, starting and stopping and canceled games lost to the pandemic. So, but yeah, that remains to be seen. Uh, I still ultimately do think Keiondre is in the AHL at least for a good partial portion of the season but I also wouldn't be surprised that if it's not immediately that he does at least see some time or if uh in the upcoming negotiations that are going on this week for what expanded rosters might look like and how many players the uh, teams can carry who knows maybe he he makes it in some form of an you know extended taxi squad type situation so but yeah it remains to be seen uh can't put the cart before the horse. We have to see how everyone looks uh, in camp. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think of that left side, I wouldn't be surprised if reunion and Ken uh, solidify a spot for himself. You know, and we also forget that Lebor Hayek, despite having a fairly up and down last season and a half, is in the running uh, to hold down a spot on that left side. So yeah, there's competition. It's just the quality of that competition is uh, half baked. I might, yeah, I guess you might say, but. You know, we don't know if ultimately uh, a player like Tony moves over to the left. Apparently, he's done it before, and he says it's no problem. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, the coaching staff has limited, but there are they do have options. So we'll we'll have to see what happens there. Another thing on a lot of fans' uh, minds is Vitaly Krapov. Does he come over immediately? Will, if he comes over, is it for an NHL spot? Is he going to have to go back to the AHL? Like, what's the deal there? Um, So, yeah, Vitaly is currently playing in the KHL with his home team, Tractor. Uh, They're actually a pretty good team this year, and he seems to have rebounded pretty nicely from uh, just a tough season uh, last year. You know, he started out his KHL season on fire, and he was lighting it up. Uh, I think he was, like... I don't know. He his, his, he was on a torrid goal-scoring pace. He cooled down a bit, but the good news for fans is that his uh, play off the puck is much improved. Tractor this season is a much better defensively coached team. And, yeah, they're a defensive-minded team, so they don't score. They're not one of those, you know, KHL powerhouse teams that just, like, you know, uh, CSK Moscow, you know, they that just puts up... You know, a ridiculous uh, number of goals a game because the talent disparity is too great. But yeah, they're they they're a defensively minded team and they play well as a unit. And uh, yeah, Vitaly's really bought into that. His play off the puck is much better. His uh, effort on back checks is much better. He's going to the net more. And even when he's not scoring, he's doing good things. And yeah, he's you know he's uh, he's been uh, putting up points here and there, and you know assist here or. I think he's one of the top uh, shot generators in the entire KHL, which is a very promising sign. And he usually ends up with the most ice time on his team, if not second most. You know, and that's jumping uh, between the first line and the second line. It's clear his uh, coach trusts him and understands how talented and you know promising of a player Vitaly is. Uh, but no, it's not. He's not going to be summoned to come to training camp for the Rangers I believe you know there was much was made about that handshake agreement between the Rangers and Tractor um you know he's in a good spot he's improving his play away from the puck he's on a good team that could potentially make a run to the gergarin Cup so yeah just leave him be uh he gets good ex- valuable experience he's playing for you know his teammates and himself and he can get some yeah, with especially how nebulous like I said everything is right now, just just leave him be. Let's hopefully makes a good run. It's a good experience. He's playing if he can play for a championship. And when he is ousted and the season's over or he wins, then he comes over to North America cuz like I said we still we still aren't looking at a season. So, uh yeah, just leave him be. Uh and yeah, I, I hopefully when he comes over, he you would have to hope he is ready cuz he looks ready. It's just You know, again, he is just by definition of the kind of player he is. He's a ultimately more of a finesse catch and release shooter type player. But yeah, we've seen promising things that, God forbid, if he did have to play on the third line or in a bottom six role. Hell, you know, that might even be at some point on opposite a Alexi Lafreniere. And that could be just what the, the doctor ordered in terms of you have a guy who can really drive the line and Kravtsov, who is a smart, KG player, uh, can put himself in good spots. And Lafreniere can do most of the heavy lifting. Uh, but yeah, that remains to be seen. We know how David Quinn makes his rookies really show it. And he has to make sure he can trust them before putting those in roles, hence why it's very rare to see Quinn throw three rookies over the boards who are still developing their play away from the puck because he has to make sure he can trust them if he's going to give them minutes and that they're not all going to be trying to fly the zone or cheat for offense. You know, he's always talking about, uh, you know, intentions and uh, doing the right thing and, you know, body language and no BS in your game, you know, all that fun stuff uh, that he likes to harp on. But, you know, he has a point. You definitely need to – you can't have – two guys trying to fly the zone and leave one guy you know low to try to beat uh two four checkers to break the puck out that's just not going to work so between seemingly inevitable uh positive covid tests and yeah just the nature of the season i think you're going to see a lot of experimenting and movement throughout the lines and if things aren't working in such a shortened season if you don't fix it quickly, you're dead in the water. So if something's not working, I, I think most coaching staffs will be apt to try to plug a hole quickly, make a quick fix, or try to goose offense out of a line instead of just leaving things and hope it works itself out. Uh, yeah, because if you don't, you're, if you don't have a good start or you have a, a bad stretch, that's that's, you know, good night, Jim Kite. That's going to be it. We have a few more topics to cover on today's podcast, but first we're going to throw it to commercial. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hello and welcome. My name is Brad Lieb. I am a former professional hockey player and this is the Life After Hockey Podcast. This is the place where I'll be interviewing former players and exploring their life after hockey journeys, including their successes, challenges, and the causes that they are passionate about. So please, join me on the Hockey Podcast Network every Saturday for new episodes, and follow me on Twitter, at Brad M. Lieb, for all my podcast updates. And until then, keep going and enjoy your life. You should really do yourself a favor and check out some of the original content on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, as you just heard, Brad Lieb's Life After Hockey podcast is excellent. Tales with TR, uh, Terry Ryan's podcast is, is uh, amusing as all, heck, and excellent podcast as well. Great stories. Uh, House of Hockey, talking to uh, people that just make their lives in in this sport we all love, it is an excellent podcast. They actually are having Rangers legend Brad Park uh, as their most recent guest, so check that out. I am gonna, I can't wait to listen to it. I'm super. If you're a fan of music, uh, specifically punk rock, check out the Bar Down Breakdown podcast, which uh, covers you know, the the cross between hockey fandom and all things uh, punk rock and, you know, and pop punk and uh, hard rock. And yeah, it's uh, an awesome podcast. I'm a big fan. I love listening to it. Uh, So yeah, you should definitely check that out. And that goes for uh, the non-original content podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Um, You're, you know, just don't have to be a Rangers fan to listen to uh, Hungry for Hawks talk or hell, you know, maybe you want and be sure to check out uh, the Hockey Podcast Network's non-original content shows, too. Uh, we have coverage of every team in the National Hockey League. You want the inside scoop on the Devils or the Islanders. You know, if you're a Rangers fan, uh, see what they're up against this season, especially with division realignment. They're going to be a lot more... Uh, yeah, they're going to play these teams a lot more. It's going to be a lot more heated. Check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast or uh, Never Say Die Isles podcast, hosted by TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Any itch you want to scratch, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network has exactly what you need. So yeah, check out all the wonderful shows. I can't say enough about it. I love uh, interacting with the hosts and doing guest spots and having them on our podcasts and teaming together to do original content, which we will do for our Patreon or just uh, non-network exclusives. So just do yourself a favor and uh, check it out. Back to our Rangers-related uh, topics. I guess the biggest question is, in a shortened season, uh, do the New York Rangers have what it takes to make the postseason? And they have a lot more variables and factors to consider this season, or at least different ones than they usually do. Uh, one being quality of competition. Will there be changes to the playoff format? Will it be? Will there be plans like there was last season? With if you're going to have to realign divisions. Uh, the proposed division the rangers would find themselves in would include the capitals the flyers the islanders the devils the hurricanes and then the boston bruins and the buffalo sabers uh now the bruins are have been knocking on that door for the last few years so they've always been a top flight team uh so you might expect you wouldn't expect much different from them and say what you will about buffalo but they really did improve this offseason you know uh maybe not enough but at the same time, they they get pick up Taylor Hall, they get Eric Stahl as their second line center behind Eichel. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them much improved. Uh this is a tough division. You could maybe argue outside of the Devils. Uh you know, the Rangers, there's a there's a chance they just because based on uh, their relative inexperience and the youth and maybe the fact that last year they took some people by surprise, uh, yeah, they're towards the middle if not maybe the bottom half of that division but at the same time it's it's so weird i could also see them somehow being surprising everyone and being at the top it's kind of hard to quantify where they will fit it's be just based on yeah how uh difficult to predict everything is you know like i said if you get off to a slow start or get off to a fast start it could help make all the difference in the world it can help you and hurt you and you know when you're a young and experienced team you know you're yet we have yet more new pieces potentially coming in uh between Lafreniere and if uh it makes the team who knows there could be growing pains and uh things that worked last year maybe Strom and Panera don't have the same chemistry so you just you don't really know but you know looking at that division uh I, I, you know, I think it would be, it's kind of 50-50 for me, whether or not the Rangers would make the postseason. You know, this is, I say this not knowing what the the criteria will be for the postseason uh, because, you know, I, at the same time I look over and uh, the Colorado Avalanche, their division realigned is basically it's uh, the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Avs, uh, the Dallas Stars who went to the, the cup final, uh, the LA Kings, Minnesota Wild, San Jose, and Vegas. Outside of Dallas and Vegas, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you feel like Colorado's just going to s- easily steamroll that division. So I don't know if they do things based on points percentage if and if it's, uh, you know, making the playoffs depends on the division you find yourself in or if they're just going to try to seed it. It's just who knows how they're going to weigh this this type of stuff because that should definitely be a factor because, yeah, some teams are going to have a much easier walk, whereas you you could argue that the Rangers – might find themselves in one of the most difficult uh, divisions. Obviously, the NHLPA and the league still has to uh, vote on realignment, so who knows what form it takes, uh, if it looks like some of the proposed divisions we've seen floating around, but that's a big factor. And like I had mentioned, we don't know. Panarin most likely doesn't score at the same pace he did last season. Uh, Same thing with Mika Zibanejad. Those were most likely personal plateaus for them. Uh, if they're in the ballpark great but you could see a little bit regression there like we don't know if that what how ryan Strom will quit himself again this year lafreniere should be a boost on paper coming in but you don't know we thought the same thing about kako uh and it was a little bit harder than everyone had anticipated most likely kako himself uh but yeah you don't know uh who knows how or more specifically what steps kako will have taken coming into the season he looked after a rough regular season, he looked really good in the playoffs. So hopefully he hits the ground running. So you just don't really, it's kind of hard to gauge what this team will look like when the puck drops. Uh, maybe more so than some of the older teams because some guys, you just see them come in and improve year over year. Whereas those other teams that are more established, there are in the twilight. You're kind of waiting to see what their, you kind of know what their max level is. And you're just kind of waiting to see what their regression slope looks like which is hard to predict where the Rangers is the opposite. You're looking to kind of see what development slope they're on. Uh, it's not like, is this guy going to fall off a cliff next year? It's, it's what, how far along will this guy be? Is Butch finally going to look uh, every bit of the, you know, first, second, you know top six scoring winger we think he can be, you know, uh, will Kako finally look like what he was promised to be? Will Lafreniere be the, you know, have one of the easiest transitions for first overall pick uh as of late uh, yeah we don't know these are remain to be answered so as to whether or not the rangers can make the postseason they definitely can make it but there's so many more variables to consider than than usual it's not the it's not the same old song and dance that has been for the last few seasons uh between the pandemic and the short number of games and realignment and not having time to get your feet under you and especially how as they looked fired up going into the bubble but they clearly just did not know how to quickly you know flip the switch and set their mindset to the type of hockey that need to be played but they were a good regular season team last year and i think because they felt like they had house money and then when it was time for them to get in that headspace they just had no frame of reference and it was hard for them so we'll see it's going to be very interesting but uh you know i'm just like all of you i'm so excited for Rangers hockey to be back, and just hockey in general. I'm just so excited to watch hockey. So even just every little bit that comes out of training camp, I'm going to be salivating off of you know grainy cell phone clips of Lafreniere taking line rushes uh, in practice. Oh, I can't wait. Another thing that I've seen floating around is whether or not the Rangers will finally uh, name a captain this season. I'm going to go out on a limb and say most likely not. Uh, I don't think under regular circumstances they would be that keen to do it without fans in the building it would be unfair whoever that individual whoever they deem it to be under these circumstances as uh, like i said as ever difficult and nebulous as they are to throw them into this kind of environment and structure that's different from the norm and then expect them to perform to the level of uh, that being a captain demands and also, I, like it's been said, the second that ping pong ball came up with the Rangers logo, I think it changed things in their mind. I think they want to see what they have in Lafreniere. If he has an absolute lights-out season, I think some of the names that fans were throwing around, be it either Crider or Jad, might take a back seat to, uh, yeah, maybe they're, they're, it's just a matter of time before it belongs to uh, their coveted first overall pick in Lafreniere. But again, we don't know. Well, I just, I'm going to, say with 99.9% certainty the Rangers were probably not going to do it anyway but now with just the, what a absolute uh, nightmare to put the season together it's been I don't think they're going to th- shove a, a new captain into that environment uh, no matter how long they've been in the league so yeah I don't think a captain gets named this season um, and like I think the more they want to see what they have in Lafreniere and if he looks to be as advertised or what is promised i think they start getting that's you know they start warming it up for him so uh we're gonna go roll with more a's this season you know you you assume that the a's will be zabana Zabanajad, uh Kreider who wore them last year at various times uh jesper fast has left you know uh mark Stahl has left so i could see true wearing an a and that would lead one more um you know, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Strom get an A, or hell, even even a Brendan Smith. Um, you know, I don't think Panarin's the type of guy that's just not his style, not, not not to say anything bad about him or that he couldn't do it. It's just, you know, I just don't think it's, it's his bag. You know, Strom is a talkative, vocal guy who's been in the league for a bit. Uh, you know, he's I think he's the the Rangers' uh, player rep for uh, the return to play and for the NHLPA. So... Yeah, he I, he wouldn't be a bad choice as long as they're internally prepared to trade him at some point in the next two seasons before that bridge deal they gave him runs out, um, which is seems like the most likely course to me because I think either A, he doesn't perform up to expectation and they just want to move on from him, uh, especially because they're looking for that 2C, you know, whether he'll steps up or not or they find that option elsewhere in a trade or B uh he does perform to that expectation again and they're just not comfortable paying him uh the numbers that would uh be contingent with putting up points by being in Panarin's orbit so yeah just two things I think their team has to consider but he wouldn't be a bad choice for an A especially in this uh shortened season they're definitely gonna need you know all their leaders pulling the rope and uh stepping up and being uh vocal you know especially with the weird it's going to be a little bit you're not going to it's going to be a little bit more difficult to manufacture your own uh internal drive and bravado i think uh, so yeah it's incumbent on the the leaders on that team to step up especially with the void of henrik lundquist not on the team anymore uh yeah it's a new it's a new era so it's definitely on them to step up finally uh, the last thing i've seen kind of floating around is everyone's talking about the Calder race. Uh, Who wins the Calder this season? It's going to be a pretty stacked class. Not that it always isn't usually, but I just think there's so much uncertainty. You have a lot of players uh, coming from overseas. You have a lot of rookies stepping into the league who maybe wouldn't be otherwise. I think you're going to see a lot of surprises. Uh, Looking at the Bovada odds, for the call to race. Uh, it's nice to see Igor Shesterkin at number 1 with as plus 175, Lafreniere second at plus 375 and then going on down the list you have people like uh Kirill Kaprizov, uh, Denisenko, Quinton Byfield, Turcott, uh, Bowen Byram who I actually think it's Bowen Byram at plus 1500. Damn, that's actually might be a good get. Listen, it's a it's a pretty the, the field is pretty stacked and every year it usually ends up being someone you didn't anticipate, but um Although I think people you know, McCarr and, and Hughes, it seemed like a bit of a two horse race, although, you know, I Adam Fox should have at least been more heavily favored into that conversation and that's a hill I'm gonna die on. But listen, uh you have Sorokin coming over for the Isles, and they're a very well structured defensive wooly coach team, so they're gonna insulate him well. Shisterkin is obviously has a little bit more proof of concept, but at the same time as the Rangers are a defensive, uh, tire fire. So, and have been, and now you, you're, you're getting rid of Mark Stalier, but you're putting Jack Johnson into that same slot. And, you know, it's possible like a reunion or a Kandre Miller might come in and have, you know, and also I think Adam Fox won't surprise many people and maybe D'Angelo regresses a bit. So yeah, listen, as I understand why he's number one, but, uh, yeah, he's going to have his work cut out for him. I don't think the Rangers' defensive woes, even with Jacques Martin coming in, they're not going to be solved overnight. So, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if I had to put my money on anyone, um, yeah, maybe uh, I guess I would put it on Schusterkin. But if I'm being honest, I, I would be more comfortable putting money on Lafreniere. I just think... By nature of playing on the wing, I think it's he. He's in a better position to succeed. Where Shostak is kind of like pass fail. Whereas Lafreniere, I think, uh, as long as he gets in the ballpark, you know, especially if you're only playing a fifty-six game season, if he gets anywhere close to forty plus points, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, you prorate that, and I think that might be enough for in some people's eyes. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, like I said, it it ends up being, I don't think Byram's a bad bet either. Just, you know, he's been ready to knock on the door and he's going to just become yet another uh, excellent defensive piece for Colorado. But um, he's at the same time, he's going to have to uh, split ice time with Cal McCarr. So that might hurt him a little bit. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, that about wraps up uh, this edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for bearing with me. Uh, I definitely miss my co host, James, but we shall be back next Monday. Uh, together again hopefully by then the league and the NHLPA have and made an announcement with some initial plans I know they've been uh, drafting documents back and forth to each other uh, the board of uh, governors does have to sign off on things like division realignment and health protocols and then they have to look into these things but uh, it finally feels like the ball is starting to roll downhill a little bit so it'll be nice to have confirmation on that and we can finally set our expectations and Instead of this moving target, it'd be nice just to say, this is, is what it is, uh, and we're going to do our damnedest to make it work. So hopefully that happens. As I said earlier on the podcast, if you ever have any questions or topics you want us to cover here on the Broadway Boys podcast, just tweet at us, at Broadway Uh You can shoot us a direct message. You can leave a message on our uh, YouTube page and comment on one of our videos. Whatever you want to do, just get in contact with us. Ask away. We'll give you a shout out on the pod, and we'll cover your question or, topic to the best of our ability. So, until next time, I hope everyone stays safe, healthy, uh, happy if possible, and get ready. Hockey's on the horizon. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the Hockey Podcast You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the com or wherever you get your podcasts from.